I want to see what that dad bod can do out there. Not buying your banjos around the campfire. Shove them up your ass. It's football, other F words. I didn't even say and other other F words because it's off season and I'm slowly losing my mind. I hope everyone's doing well today. Zach joins me as always. And we are happily joined by Stoney Keeley, editor in chief and um, I don't know, president of the Sobros Network. You like how you just got a promotion out of that, Stoney? Um, I like that. I, yeah. I'm I usually just go with founder. But president works too. I'm I'm, cool. I'm going to start using that. Founder, president, and dictatorship of Sobros Network. Please finish the introduction yourself before I start giving you other more horrible titles. No, I think that's it. Also, uh, podcaster. Uh, I can play guitar. I can hand stitch a leather journal with just basic ingredients. So you know, just go through my resume. What What about a? Can you do some German suplexes? I can. I've been out of practice for for quite a while, but it's still in my repertoire. Sure. Could you fight a man for your dinner? I don't know. I don't know. See, I I haven't. I want to say yes, because I know from situations that we don't have to get into on this podcast that I do have a pretty strong fight or flight instinct that that leans on towards the fight side of things. But I don't, I'm, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. So I don't know. I would probably just give my food away and say, I, I'll do without, I'll, I'll find another way. All right. So go ahead. No, I was just going to get him to go into Sobro's network. We'll go ahead for a sec. Well, I, speaking of food and, and love, I, I got, I got a question. This is for you too, Lebowski. Uh, this may surprise our listeners, uh, but I am personally not a world-class athlete and I wanted to know if Traylon Burks is fat and out of shape, what are we, <laughs> what are, what are the three of us going to be considered? I mean, I'm job of the hut at that point. <laughs> yeah. That's you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm just a fat piece of shit is, is all I am. Like just scum of before, the earth. Before we get into Burks and gravy talk, I, I gotta let Stoney talk about Sobro's network. You're, you're all over social media. You pop up all the time, but people may not know what Sobro's network is. So give us the elevator pitch, 45 seconds. And if it goes to 46, I will turn your microphone off. Oh my God. See, I've struggled with this the entire duration of Sobro's network. We're basically you're seven a seconds brand in. out of Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> we write, we do podcasts, sports, humor, and entertainment. Those are our three pillars. I cover the Tennessee Titans, viral videos, Nashville food reviews, Yankee candle reviews, a whole plethora of nonsense like that's the it's limitless creation on sobrosnetwork.com whatever we want to write about podcast about we do i think it's important to, that people know that you guys are actually credentialed too. uh specifically brandon vick is getting all kinds of goodies early he had moon knight early i think up to four episodes he's gotten mm -hmm. i think did he get miss marvel early already did i see that he i think at that? he has yeah, I think he has the first two episodes of Miss Marvel. Yeah. Like that's that's legit shit that you know that you guys can hang your hat on that people I think need to start recognizing is that you guys are legit reporters, critics, whatever you want to call it, uh, and credentialed members of the media. I, I got to go to the senior bowl this year and, and cover that down in Mobile for the first time. I've covered the Super Bowl virtually for the last two uh two events. And so far, like 
I, I'm just convinced that people aren't actually checking me out on Twitter <laughs> and, and seeing who I actually am. So they think you're I a hope. different Stony Keeley or that they just, you know, they would look at your Twitter feed and they'd be like, whoa, we got to take this guy's credentials away. <laughs> who, who let this guy in? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm hoping nobody from the Senior Bowl or the NFL is actually listening to this podcast. Well, sad to say they all are. Damn Every it. single, everybody, all 32 teams have representatives, the Senior Bowl, the Shrine Bowl, the Toilet Bowl, all listen. That's what you guys just set me up for this, for this yes, moment. Yes, we, we definitely set you up. Why do you review Yankee Candles? And I mean, that is as funny and as weird of a comment as possible. <laughs> when I first heard and saw this, my first reaction was, why? And then I, I've, I've listened to it and I... I find the humor, but I still need to know why. <laughs> My favorite part, though, is that the pictures of you actually with Yankee uh, Bath and Body Works bags, leaving a Yankees candle store, whatever it may be, yeah. mm -hmm. like out in the wild. It is it is a legit thing. So, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's not it's not an Internet bit. I turned it into an Internet bit, but that's that's really me. Like, that's one of the things I do to unwind. It sounds it sounds so funny. I know I know how how it sounds, but. I, I'm very particular about my seasons. I like to set the mood just right. I want summer smells, summer fragrances in the summertime. It helps me kind of connect to my past and remember fond memories of yesteryear. You know, I, I can burn fresh cut grass and you just reminds me of like 4-H camp in the fourth grade with all my friends when life was easy and, and I still had my innocence, that sort of thing. You know, it, it's something I've been into for a long time now. And it wasn't until recently that I think it was Brittany Fernandez who also writes about like B movie horror films and stuff like that for Sobros network. She told me, she's like, you need to turn this into a bit because it, it's something that everybody that knows me knows about. I've got like, I probably have 15 to 20 Yankee candles in the closet right now. And Brittany was like, what are you doing? Just sitting on this? Like this is internet gold. And of all the things that I I've done on YouTube, the Yankee Candle reviews just take off for whatever reason. I get comments on them all the time. I've got one that has like over a thousand views and several others that are that are up in the hundreds. And our YouTube channel is just weak shit. We have like 89 subscribers <laughs> or something like that. So nobody cares about Sobros Network on YouTube, but these Yankee Candle reviews. And I, I don't know, the response has been kind of a little bit of both like what are you what are you doing stony where does this belong in the grand scheme of movie reviews and the tennessee titans and stuff like that but then there are other people that are just like dude this is hilarious this is great and i've heard from a couple of people that they have actually gone and bought the yankee candle that i've reviewed from a video so i'm i'm hoping to get a sponsorship out of it too are you afraid that you've pigeonholed yourself as the candle guy maybe i have but i'm okay with that if yeah. that's if that's what this whole nine years of creating content <laughs> on the internet has led me to, then I will accept it. It's not been getting credentialed to review movies, go to the Super Bowl. It is literally, you are the candle guy. It's all been leading to this moment. I'm the candle guy. That's right. <laughs> okay. So I got to set some rules about, or I got to like find out if there are established rules about burning candles. This is Burning candles to me is like eating your favorite food every single day, right? It's amazing, but by the end of the week, you're probably going to get tired of it. Do you have sure. time limits, day limits, month limits, whatever, on how long you're going to burn a candle? How often do you have to switch it up? 
it is usually for me, it, it has to be limited to relaxing time because then it's sort of, this sounds so weird. People are learning new things about me on this show, which, Hey, I'm, I'm glad you guys had me on to do this. But for me, it's about dedicating a certain time to relaxing. If I start burning candles while I'm working on something, then it loses that calming effect on me when I do need it. So for me, man, it's usually I'm burning candles for maybe a grand total of two to three hours a week. And it does like, I am diehard seasonal. Like if it's like 50 degrees outside, I'm not going to be burning the coconut stuff, you know, like it's gotta be the, the tree smells, the, the cedar tree, the pine tree, that sort of stuff. When it's cool outside pumpkin in the fall, coconut in the summertime. I love the floral fragrances in the spring. I have a strict calendar when it comes to this. And I, I don't, I don't divert from that path. I think it's just so interesting because it's you, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect the, the Yankee Candle movement to be. <laughs> to, I didn't even know they were still around until I started following you on yeah. Twitter. I mean, I, I figured they have been replaced at this point because Yankee Candle has been a staple at our house when we used when we grew up in Alabama. It was like Yankee Candles were everywhere. How many of your regular listeners do you think we have lost already? Just talking about Yankee Candles, all of them. <laughs> it's, it's just us right now. It's, it's just, just the three of us. It's literally just the three of us listening uh, to our own voices. No, yeah. I actually think, you know, people will, you know, I, when I promote the tweet, I'll put more than just, hey, we talked to Yankee Candle guy about Yankee Candles. So we'll be okay. We'll be okay. I, I appreciate that. Do you have a, do you have candle hate? Are there candles out there? Not just by Yankee Candles. Is there another brand of candles that you're like, you can get the fuck out of here with that trash? No, not necessarily. I stick Let to it Yankee flow. Candle. And, you know, I don't pitch a fit whenever we get Bath and Body Works candles as Christmas gifts or birthday gifts. People buy them for me and they're like, oh, you're the candle guy. You're going to love this. And I smile and I accept it and I burn it as quickly as possible so I can get it out of my collection. But no, I don't hate any other brands. <laughs> was, we were really hoping for a big candle feud. You know? I, really, I really wanted you to start some kind of candle. Like there's this. You know, they're like art lovers hate Thomas Kincaid, right? They, they, right, like right. the true art lovers think that Thomas Kincaid paintings are crap. I wanted to know if there was the Thomas Kincaid of Yankee or just straight candles out there. And you kind of disappointed me, Stoney. I really oh. thought you had some sort of Marvel Universe rival. <laughs> I will say the, uh, the Walmart candles do suck there. I mean, they're horrible, but like you burn them in a single afternoon and they're gone. But I mean, you pay two bucks for those. So you can't really be mad about it plus walmart has started selling the uh like the discontinued yankee candle line. it's like the overstock of yankee candle walmart has started carrying those too so i can't i can't talk shit about walmart now <laughs> I, <laughs> I i'm trying to figure out how i transition from candles to titans talk <laughs> so i'm gonna do it just like this we're gonna talk some Titans stuff now, so. nailed it i i hear this is what you should have said you've you're lighting candles on fire let now let's light some titans takes on fire hey Bingo. just like this man's candles we are gonna burn them at both ends because we're also here to talk <laughs> sports so to get into the titans topic I, we're definitely gonna discuss the annoying offseason uh, and and what specifically has been annoying about it so far you know our own individual examples but I want to talk Traylon Burks a little bit. I've got to put out here full disclosure, and it's mainly so I can apologize to my host live on the mic because I know so little about this topic, at least from today. But 
apparently there's a little more information out about Traylon Burks and teams that were hesitant about him based on his physique or lack of working out or um, just being full on Kelvin Benjamin. At this point, I really don't know what the controversy is, but he's had a couple of instances where he's been unable to finish camp and there is at least speculation that it's based around him being out of shape um zach i will let you fill in the blanks there because i've missed a lot today no i i think that i think you hit it on the head basically albert breer monday morning quarterback uh put out in his most recent article basically saying exactly what you said um he struggled to finish workouts and he was a little he looked a little doughy around the uh his whole body i guess i mean I mean, people are treating him like he looks like Vincent Woolfork uh, out here about to line up at DT and just be a uh, run-stopping defender. I mean, apparently he also played at 244 pounds in college at certain points. Apparently his weight, he had a weight fluctuation problem, which you couldn't tell on tape if he was ever 244 pounds and sluggish and all that kind of stuff. I kind of get the feeling this is going to be a little overblown and it's going to be the thing that, the Stillmans and the PKs latch on to for the rest of the offseason, which blow my brains out. Just take a shotgun <laughs> to the back of my head and blow my brains out because this is going to be the most nauseating topic for the rest of the way. Stoney, is this a buckshot shampoo topic for you? I listen, I can't talk about anybody being fat. I can't talk. Oh, about I can't do this. Is, this is a podcast. You can talk about whatever you want to and be hypocritical all you want. Because that is what media is. That's a, it's a basically just saying whatever you want to say. I can't, I can't offer any sort of uh, life advice as to what the Titans <laughs> should do to handle this, this sort of predicament. But I will say, Zach, I thought Braden had an excellent take on yesterday's episode of a football show when he simply posited, did any of you watch an Arkansas football game? Right. It's like, this, this is not Kelvin Benjamin 2.0. Kelvin Benjamin, by the way, did get fat. Let's just call it like it is. That was uh, that was hefty. Okay, that was noticeably like not Eddie Lacy levels of fat, but it, he got pretty fat. I don't think until we're there with Traylon Burks, we should be worried about it. And even you know maybe come August, we're seeing this in training camp and in the preseason. Maybe it becomes a concern, but this just kind of feels like talk show fodder right now, which is ironic because we are on a talk show right now. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just a whole bunch of uh, nothing, but I do enjoy the idea that he is leaving practice to go inside to, you know, eat a turkey leg, maybe, you know, a couple milkshakes and then come back out and try it again. Like he he is a, a Pac-Man going in to get energized by eating food. The, you know, I whether maybe he's taking a trip to a Ponderosa, maybe he is going to um getting Hattie B's catered or something. He's just going to town. But my, my idea to all this rumor is that if we're going to lean into this, him being fat and out of shape, then we all need to just lean into it and, and ask him how many pizzas he's ordering. What is he getting on his toppings? You know, who, is he a Papa John's guy, Domino's guy, pizza hub? Where are you getting, you know, firehouse subs, all this kind of stuff, you know, let's lean into it and just say that he is fat. Let's not even call him out of shape. Let's not even call him. Uh, he's looking a little tired. He's just fucking fat. And that's going to be the narrative for the rest of the offseason. Fucking fat. It, that fat is ass. He, <laughs> is he eating the wild boars fresh on the ground after he kills them with his bare hands? 
Obviously, right? I mean, like yeah. he is just storing him. He's he's got boar jerky. He's just constantly eating boar jerky. He just carries around a thermos of gravy to pour on whatever <laughs> wild animal he has killed that day. I did say earlier today that I want I want a daily Burks and gravy update. Like I want that to be called that. And I say that in full jest because if you've ever met me in real life, I'm a large man. I make no hesitation about the fact that I love food and food is not as kind to me back. And so I, I, I'm not here to pick at him. I do agree with Zach that I think it's, it's probably overblown. I think Titans fans. Well, I don't think we know Titans fans get in their feels about anything. And I'm sure there's grumbling out there about what is it with Titans and first round picks and potential laziness and blah, blah, blah. It's just too early to go down that route. Now, we asked Buck this last week, Stoney, and I'll ask you the same thing, is that Zach and I went off on a tangent about when Traylon couldn't finish his first um, minicamp day. It was not a big deal. There's nothing to freak out about it. About the, you know, if he starts missing other practices, come back to me. Well, now it's happened, right? So is it a valid topic to talk about? And so that's my question to you. In May, I mean, sure. Like, you know, Buck's got to fill what three or four hours of programming every single day right? Um, to, to talk about the local sports teams. I, you know, I would say you can't fault him for doing that. You can't fault the, the local talk shows for doing that. I, I'm, I tend to agree with you guys. I think it's a non-issue right now. But it's okay to talk about it right now because there's also no football going on right now. So what the fuck else are we going to talk about? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of that's kind of where I stand on it. Like it's if you want to if you want to spend time on it in May, it's different from us talking about this with with other stuff going on. Or if, like this had been happening, which I don't know how we'd be talking about Traylon Burks as a draft pick before the draft. But that's a terrible terrible example. But you get my drift. That there's bigger things going on in the football world. This kind of seems like a, a very, um, just a very minor detail to be uh, blowing up. I mean, Stoney, just real quick on this Burks thing. Are you guys disappointed that since this has all gone down, that the Titans have basically sheltered him away from press conferences? I think I feel like a lot of this would be solved if they would just let Traylon Burks talk. And obviously John Robinson, who has the final say, is not letting John Robinson or not letting Traylon Burks hit the podium, why? I mean, worst-case scenario, the guy says, well, I just got asthma. Because, I mean, obviously, or he just shrugs it off. Like, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with putting him out there on the podium to get this narrative out, out of here, out of our they're, lives. They're clearly afraid that the uh, the press corps, somebody's going to tip him a cheeseburger for answers. <laughs> They just they just start pelting. They listen. <laughs> let me tell you something. They should put out a sign when Traylon goes up there for the presser. Mike Frable should put out a sign. Don't feed the animals. <laughs> you know, like you know, like a zoo. <laughs> Don't feed the animals. And then and maybe or maybe everybody puts like a cheese uh, uh, McDonald's cheeseburger wrapper up there or something. Or he just like comes out in a fat suit. Like have fun with it. When, when this when this inevitably his press conference happens, he should definitely have fun with it. Yeah. We need I mean, somebody out there taking pictures of him while he's out there to like zoom in, see his midriff, see how tight his Jersey is fitting. If he's bursting out in any areas, we need a full on Traylon Burke's fat watch. He should come out with a Turkey leg and just be eating it while he goes to press conference. And I'm not even kidding. Just lean into it. And when the obvious reporters are going to start asking some pretty horrible stuff, 
just lean into it. It's like, so I am baby. That's what I eat. Turkey. <laughs> it just, just takes now? a big rip of it. And then, and, and then answers with his mouth, open, you know, open with just food, just chewing I mean, loudly. I don't think we'll ever figure out why the Titans choose to limit the press availability the way they do. I suspect it's so that they can try to control the narrative as much as possible and try to see if the situation will go away, which in this, you know, it's not going to, I mean, the second he gets in front of the media, someone's going to dig it back up. Hey, six weeks ago, you missed practice because X, Y, Z, are you out of shape? So I agree with Zach, just get it out there and get it over with, but it kind of leans into my next topic, which is what's the most annoying thing about the Titans off season so far? Is it just the conglomerate of stuff that's gone on? Is there one particular topic? You know, Stoney, what is it for you? I, I tell you what, this has been a banner off season for Titans Twitter so far. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like every day there's a completely different meltdown and, you know, we're, we're clamoring for Mason Kinsey playing time and we're, uh, we're calling Ryan Tannehill a bust and longing for Marcus Mariota and all that. It's just, every day. It's something new, but for me, it's absolutely the, the discourse around Ryan Tannehill. I think people want to, I, I don't know what the issue is, but the, there just seems some underlying resentment with Ryan Tannehill, like how quickly this fan base has gone from, oh, this is the guy, he's revitalized his career in Tennessee, he's a top five quarterback, if you look at his passing efficiency stats and stuff like that, to now we're, we're going to run him out of town. And, you know, I just don't think it's fair to say that he is the sole reason they lost the Bengals game. And sure, there's a sour taste in Titans fans' mouth after that loss, but Man, I I don't know, maybe this is a bit of a hot take, but I think people are are losing sight of how how bad Todd Downing was in that game when you have Mike Hilton mic'd up on the sideline talking about I know they're going to throw that screen, I know they're going to throw that pass and when I do I'm going to be there to intercept it. And Christian Fulton whiffs tackles in that game, Jack Rabbit Jenkins whiffs a, a massive tackle late that allows the game-winning field goal or allows the Bengals to set up for the game-winning field goal. I think people are too hard on Ryan Tannehill. Some of the takes have been bizarre. Like, let's start Logan Woodside and move Ryan Tannehill to wide receiver. That one was out there. I just think people need to kind of slow it down a little bit and look at the big picture and not just that Bengals game. I, I don't think all of the 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 hate towards Ryan Tannehill has been warranted. And I it's it's one thing that I admittedly I have trouble scrolling past on Twitter. I see it and I'm just like, you dumb fucks. <laughs> Have have you gone back and watched the game? I've been thinking about going back and watching that game. I I have not. No, I've rewatched a lot of the highlights when I I did a breakdown of the game the week after, but it was just clips from from Twitter finding you know the the lowlights, if you will. So no, I haven't. I, I agree. I th I think the Tannehill stuff's overblown. I, I think the. I think for whatever reason, this particular offseason, I've been most annoyed with, uh, I've been more annoyed with media than I have with the mm. fans. Like, I expect what I've seen from the fans. But for whatever reason, the media this year has kind of gone off the rails in terms of creativity, finding content, blowing in inconsequential stuff out of proportion. Um not doing research on certain things. I mean, it's been going on, I mean, all, way back into free agency, maybe even right after the Bengals win. I've just been kind of like sick with the media this year. I, 
for me, I'm going to cheat a little bit on the topic because I think it's obviously Tannehill, but it's it's the pre-annoyance that I've got with the Tannehill stuff that's only to follow because there's only going to be more to come. Minicamp is going to bring its own set of problems with how many times do we see Tannehill on the field versus Malik? How many times does Malik have a good workout and Tannehill through two picks and practice, whatever it is, right? It's that leading into preseason, leading into the games of – there's going to be nonstop over the top reaction about Tannehill. And I'm already annoyed thinking about it. And I agree. I, I, while I haven't gone back to watch the game in depth, I've watched clips. It drives me nuts a little bit that the Titan, the Titans fans at this point, I'm not saying at the time you couldn't be pissed, but this far removed from the situation that you start to look at the good space that your team is in. The, the Titans have not blown it all up and decided to go full rebuild. The Titans are still arguably one of the most competitive teams in the AFC. Um, and the Titans have a quarterback that is not bad. He's not great, but he sure as hell is pretty damn good. And there is such a huge gap in between teams that have a serviceable quarterback and teams that have a quarterback that could easily get you right back into the playoffs, right back into the mix of things. And that's exactly where the Titans stand. They're in a good situation. Your team is in a good situation, but you're going to hear doom and gloom and pissing and moaning about the quarterback. Like the Titans are going to end up winning four games this season, which is more than likely not the case. I'm pre-annoyed. I'm pre-annoyed with having to even think about it. I know it's coming and I just don't want to listen to it. I'm, I'm about as fed up as I can get for a team that's in a winning situation. Man, if this team loses to the Giants week one, which I oh, think is God. entirely possible. It is entirely possible. Nobody wants yeah. to admit it. This this fan base is going to burn itself to the ground. I'm 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 here for it. Like <laughs> at this point, at this point, the Titans winning or losing, like this season, I just kind of have checked out as far as you know, being really hardcore invested and tightens everything, right? Like, you know, to with predicting win losses, I'm out on that a- anymore. Predicting, uh, you know, are they going to even make it to the playoffs? Are they, of course, they're going to make it to the playoffs. They have Mike Vrabel as the head coach. Are they, you know, stuff like that? I'm just, it's gotten to a point where I'm like, the Titans are going to make it to the playoffs. Titans are going to lose in the playoffs. See, see y'all next year when Malik Willis is starting. Like nothing against Ryan Tannehill. I, I think that's just where I'm at in that. I, I'm I'm not. I have to see it to believe it with Ryan Tannehill. So right now I'm just like, let's just enjoy a 12 win, 11 win season. Let's just kumbaya it. Even though I say you know no kumbaya in the beginning of the episode, but I'm just like, I'm just here to ride the wave. I'm here to ride the wave. I'm here for Twitter reactions, but I'm here just to ride the wave of a typical up and down Titan season that is going to drive everyone insane and end in a playoff loss. Like I'm just resigned to that fact. That's like, I, I always say some of my work, which might kind of nullify my writing and podcasting, but like at, at the end of the day, I'm still a fan of the Tennessee Titans. And I'm still going to be a fan of the Tennessee Titans, whether they are two and 14 with Ken Wisenhunt as the head coach, or whether they're going to the AFC championship with Ryan Tannehill at the helm, Mike Vrabel coach of the year kind of deal. So when you kind of remind yourself of that, I I think for me, it helps steady 
keeps me even keeled where I'm not running too hot, running too cold. I've said some dumb shit on Twitter in the heat of the moment. I, I told you guys we did a live stream during the uh, first round of the NFL draft, and I started talking about the A.J. Brown trade and how this could fracture the Titans locker room if they don't trust Mike Vrabel and John Robinson. I've said dumb shit in the heat of the moment, but if you remember that perspective that you're still a fan at the end of the day, man, just just like you said, Zach, just enjoy the ride. Just go with it. Yeah, I, I mean, like the Titans are going to win games they shouldn't win. They're going to lose games they shouldn't lose. And that's just how that's how the NFL works, people. I mean, the Buffalo Bills lost to Jacksonville Jaguars last year, and they had no business losing. What is it, like nine to six or nine, nine to three to or, or something yeah. like that? Like no business losing a game to the Jaguars nine to six. But they did because it's the fucking NFL. Nobody is ever completely right year in and year out on the NFL. Stoney, we do a segment each week, um, the Titans Twitter restraining order of the week. We usually try to find tweets that are just weird, creepy. It's usually people tweeting about, you know, I don't know, the lower legs of Titans players as they zoom in on a picture, <laughs> just, just stuff yeah. that's not okay. And I, I was going through a couple to try to figure out which one I, I wanted to use. And, and I'm actually, I'm going to use Paul Karski this week because it leads to our next topic, but it qualifies under the, the very scientific parameters that we've laid out for this. Dylan Radins tweeted out um, in, in response to something Will Compton said about, I play center, guard, and tackle. I sit on the uh, center of the bench, I guard the water, and I tackle anyone who tries to steal it. Paul Karski tweets out, quote tweets this, and says, do Titans fans feel good about this, this sense of humor right now, considering where Radins is slash isn't um, as a second rounder heading into year two? So I just, this is my problem with it is again, I'm reading a tweet in response to a tweet to talk about on a podcast. So I didn't really realize the ridiculousness about what I'm about to say, but it's not that serious. This is social media. It's Twitter. It's not, I mean, this to me is like taking Facebook grandma shit and bringing it to me and say, can you believe the earth's (laughs) flat? I mean, like cousin, cousin Dick face has been all over this for years and, and you're just now finding this out. I got this fresh off Facebook. It's not that serious. Like it's, it's perfectly fine for this man to have a sense of humor. I mean, am I wrong about that? It's, and it's a dad joke. Like that's yes. even the worst thing. It is a dad joke as old as time. If you've ever played organized sports or been around a football, high school, elementary school, peewee, pop Warner, whatever you want to call it. It's a joke. I mean, it is a, the, a dad joke, and it's sad. I feel so bad that a dad did not get the dad joke. <laughs> I It went over my head as well. I, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I was sitting here. I was about to say, you know what, fellas? I take more issue with the fact that Dylan Radens is just not funny than I do him showing a sense of humor on Twitter. But now I'm learning. Hey, listen, sometimes dad jokes don't hit. I just feel hit. stupid. So, yeah, sometimes dad stupid. jokes don't hit. I mean, that's why they're dad jokes. And I, I think I think asking this particular fan base, though, if you're Paul Kaharski, asking a fan base if they're they're concerned about someone's sense of humor and you are surprised and shocked by the responses that you in, get in, in the ensuing uh, few days. I, I, I just don't feel like you really know what what you're you, you've been around this Titans fan base for what, uh 10, 15 years, something like that, maybe even long, probably longer, 20 something years. Um, and you still don't know you're, you're, you act surprised that people aren't, aren't going to like that tweet. Like, 
at some point, whether this is a bit by him or he just wants, he's like, hey, I haven't had a lot of engagement this week. Better fire up something that I really don't care about and then play the victim. Oh, well, you guys only like cheerleaders and blah, blah, blah. This isn't the tweet to say that Titans fans only want cheerleading media. You look like an idiot with this tweet. You can cheerlead, you can do the cheer anti cheerleading thing on something that actually fucking matters. This tweet doesn't fucking matter. And that's to me is the, the my biggest issue with it is just shows this lack of self awareness that goes into uh, maybe not even self awareness, just lack of awareness in general that went into typing that tweet, looking at it and saying, this is it. This is the tweet that is gonna that's gonna work for me. And then the people are gonna say, that Paul Karski, he's a, he's right. He never cheerleads, and this is what we need. We need less humor on Twitter on meaningless days. That's what we need. The move definitely had major old man shaking his fist at the sky energy to it. Yeah, I I I thought it was hilarious. Just as a fan of the uh, surreal, the absurd. Like, there's no way this is a real tweet. I told you guys before we started recording, like I had to double check several times. Like this is the verified Paul Kaharski account that, that's tweeting this because it just reminded me of like the old baseball fans that like criticize every little thing. Like I know it's like my, my father-in-law being mad that, you know, some Yankees player had a bowl of chili the night before a game and played like shit the next day kind of deal. Like this might have skirted by in like the 1920s, but this is just not not an ordeal in 2022. I wouldn't hate the tweet as much like Zach was getting into about the responding to it with complete disdain of I can't believe people are okay with this or whatever, like getting into it with people who are responding to the tweet. I mean, every media group in this market, nationally, regionally, whatever, they all post clickbait from time to time. There are some that do it much more than others. We're all, we've all been guilty of it. I mean, one of the reasons why what makes social media, specifically Twitter, as fun as it is, is to see people live tweeting events, whether it's a news thing or, or sports or whatever, to see someone who's got quick-witted humor and comes right out with something to get engagement, it's fun to see. But this is clickbait, and he knows better, and it's – and and to to get into it with fans, it's like you're supposed to just let the clickbait fester. You farted in the elevator. You know you did it. You just stand there in your smell because it's out there and there and it's doing its thing, right? But to turn around and be indignant about all oh, you fans are wanting is cheerleaders to a topic that is as goofy as it sounds when you read it back out loud. You post your clickbait. Just let just sit there in the stink and move on and let people get all riled up. I mean, I. I would love to have seen his facial expression when he's scrolling through Twitter, gets into this thread by Will Compton, which <laughs> I, because it's a Will Compton started thread, or maybe it's Taylor Wong, gets in a thread, finds that Dylan Radins has tweeted this, this joke, and I could just see him furrow his brow. He probably, you know, goes punches a wall or something and just starts playing, uh, you know, some, you know, Wilson Phillips or something. You know, I just feel like he's a Wilson Phillips guy. And just gets so mad at this tweet that he has to tweet about it. It's like it's self-righteous anger has has filled him. And he just is hammering the keys pads on his fucking um, iPhone, probably just like, oh, I'm so mad. Can't believe he has a sense of humor when he's fighting for a roster spot, which now today 
Dylan Radins and Taylor Lewan, they're all joking about if he's going to start today and, or, you know, on the, so it kind of makes you feel like, okay, maybe there's probably nothing like he, he knows he's going to start. He just maybe doesn't know where, but like, again, not a big deal because this, this team we're in what year five of Mike Vrabel? Year four uh, yeah. of Mike Vrabel? No, year four. five. Five. I don't know. Yeah, well, something like that. I'm not doing math right now. 2018, 19, <laughs> 20, 21. Yeah, year five of Mike Vrabel. And what does this team do every fucking year? Play games on the offensive line, mixing people in and out. Uh, just deal with it at this point because by week eight, we're going to be wondering why the offensive line sucks. And then at week eight, they're going to turn the corner because that's what happens every year under Mike Vrabel. And I don't understand it. I don't like it, but I know that if, that it does not matter that Raidens is tweeting a dad joke and it has no correlation on whether or not that he actually cares about the sport of football. Taylor Lewan, 100% had to be fucking with us, right, when he tweets out if he starts. Oh, yeah. I, well, I no, felt like no he doubt. knew exactly what he was doing, and it was hilarious. Well, some another uh, Ryan Watson with, with Broadway had brought up in our group chat today, like, this leads me to believe that he knows he's going to be a starter because Taylor Wong would not tweet that. Imagine like that's, that'd be a pretty cruel joke to make of if he starts and you truly don't know if he's the starter. I mean, that, that would look like shit to be tweeting that about a, a not even just a teammate, but someone who's in the same room as you, which leads me to believe it's all tongue in cheek. They know it. They're just having a good time. And also, that group, specifically Taylor Lewan, is very cognizant of what is being said about him on social media and specifically who's saying it. I would wager probably a good $25 to $35 because I'm a very cheap better that, <laughs> that some of this is just a little twin aimed at, at, at Paul. Just just to, to continually fuck with that man because that, that's exactly what Taylor likes to do is just fuck with BK. Yeah, I definitely think so. And, you know, apparently, you know, Stillman on the 102.5 today is is all in his feelings because Taylor Lewan says he asked bad questions. Well, let me say something. He fucking does ask bad questions. He even <laughs> asked bad questions on the show. There is written proof on Twitter of him asking bad questions every day. Every day that man asks a question that I share in a group chat and I go, I am just laughing out loud at the ridiculousness that someone thought this was a good tweet and a good topic to talk about and ask and try and because it's just utterly, utterly ridiculous. So every time you see Stillman ask a question when he is and he very rarely attends these things, but when he does, you see the eye rolls and someone always calls him, you know, it's just you, you see it in the face of the people answering the question that it was a bad question. You just see it. Because I mean, he asked something about Vrabel's comments. He was alluding to Vrabel's comments about uh, that he said on, I think, to Bill Polian like last Monday or something. And Vrabel goes, yeah, I knew, knew you heard that. Knew you were going to take it out of context or whatever. And they they know him. They know his game. And that's what Stillman does. He He props to him. I'm sure it's working out for him and everything. But do not whine. This is the, again, you're talking to the wrong crowd. If you're going to come on here and whine about what Taylor Lewan said about your shitty questions, this is the, that, Twitter is the wrong place for that. That is something you need to talk to in private to your, like your friend or family member that is still talking to you. 
Stillman is the pumpkin spice candle on June 25th of radio. <laughs> oh, I just, no one is. wants to smell that shit. It's 105 degrees outside. I, I, I got to ask this because Sony, you brought it to us in a chat and I tried to find a way to ask it as nice as possible because I really wanted to know why you were going after this, but um, you're tossing around the idea of doing like a whole episode about Jake Locker. And I asked you specifically, can I ask why <laughs> I wasn't trying to sound like a complete asshole when I asked that, but I am curious why. Now, the more I think about it, it, it would, would be a very good topic to get into. And I absolutely would love to be a part of that. I just, what in your mind wants to, you know, to speak about him, to kind of delve into his story? What, what makes him a good topic? Well, I, I mean, the, the concept as a whole for the last two years has been about like filling those June weeks with, with content because there's not a whole lot to talk about. There's not a whole lot going on. I don't want to spend the next month talking about Traylon Burke's bleeding gravy. If you cut him, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's get some interesting stuff in there. I'm a big history buff. I'm a longtime Titans fan. So the vision was, Hey, let's, let's, you know, come up with a plan each off season. Once the draft kind of settles down and dive into some topics in Titans history. And last season we did a, a long episode on Vince young. We did an episode on the Titans Ravens rivalry we talked about the history of the Titans and pro wrestling last June. So every year we kind of come up with interesting topics or things that we find interesting to, to talk about in the off season. And I have long been a Jake Locker apologist. I mean, you can hurl your tomatoes at me if you want to, but I've just found him to be this really interesting figure in Titans history because it, it was kind of a tumultuous time in the franchise's history when he was drafted. Right. We had this sort of bridge between the Jeff Fisher era before the Ken Wisenhunt era and everything just kind of bottomed out. And the drafting of Jake Locker was kind of I mean, it was it was a big part of that bottoming out. But I I've seen his story about how he's kind of just disappeared into the woods now, leading a pretty quiet life and how he walked away from football and you watch his his play. You watch the tape on him and he had flashes of being a really good quarterback. He had some really good games. I mean, so I think that Detroit game where he yeah. leads that big, massive comeback after everybody's left the stadium and they're out in their cars, you hear all these stories yeah. about, oh, we looked up and there's just fireworks going everywhere and we're fucking stuck in traffic. The Saints game in yeah. uh, 2012, maybe. I can't remember my, my dates now. I, I think he's a really interesting guy. And for all of the people that make all of these excuses and apologies for Marcus Mariota, we never got that with Jake Locker. He was just kind of a consensus bust from, from Titans fans. And I don't know that that's necessarily fair. I, I think it's, um, it's an interesting discussion to be had. The question is not necessarily for me, you know, was Jake Locker the product of all the turnover, the offensive coordinator, lack of weapons, I don't think you're, you're asking if Jake Locker could have ever been an elite quarterback in the NFL. I think it's, hey, if the circumstances were different, what could his career have looked like if things were, were better for him and if he could have stayed healthy, right? Because injuries played a huge part in his downfall as well. So I've always thought he's, he's a really interesting figure in, in Titans history and kind of unfairly placed uh, as like this just total, total bust. And I just, I just don't think that's the case with him. So that's why I'm, I'm looking forward to really diving into his story and his time with the Titans as a part of this year's 
off-season content plan. Well, you had invited us on the show, and I, I don't know what Lebowski schedules. Like, I'm not going to, you know, speak for him, but I would love to come on and talk some Jake Locker. Yeah, let's let's do it. Uh, to be completely honest with you guys, I'm just completely ripping that idea from you guys. Like you guys have on people as guests during the off-season when things are kind of quiet, like me. And you also have like actual journalists and that do a really good job on as well. So I'm like, man, you know what? For some of these off-season episodes, maybe I can get some guests on on my show and we can we can dive into uh, Titans history. What's fascinating to me about Locker, and it's it's really interesting you bring it up because just several weeks before um, you broached this topic, it uh, he came up on Twitter that there's a there's a Twitter um, handle out there called No Context Titans, and they'll just tweet random clips of the Titans and all that. And one of them was a game winning drive, I believe, is the Detroit game of Jake Locker. And I just started digging around trying to look for what is he doing now. Uh, 2018, Greg Bishop of SI wrote an article. Uh, titled why Jake Locker walked away from football and why he doesn't miss it. Um, this, go read this article. I mean, I, I encourage anyone who's out there listening to go find this article by Greg Bishop. It's very easy to find because, you know, one of the old movie tropes that you'll see about is specifically tied around the military. will do this guy comes home from war and he retires to a quiet life on a farm and just wants to be left alone and forget about his previous life. That is literally what this man did. He's one of the only former NFL players I know that seems to have done this. He took a pretty substantial amount of money from walking away from the game, and he hardly even watches football on Sunday, runs a farm, works a farm in eastern Washington. He bought, his I believe, his grandfather's old home, and he and his dad remodeled it themselves. I mean, the guy's a multimillionaire and he remodeled his, his grandfather's old farmhouse and runs a, a, it's, it's a relatively small farm and he hardly even watches football. And it's just about he and his wife and his kids. I don't know why that piece is so fascinating to me, but he truly is the, the epitome of he walked away from his previous life and wants nothing to do with it and doesn't want to discuss with, with Greg about whether or not he's a bust or not. Cause he kind of doesn't care. He has a new life now and football is gone. And he could have played baseball too. Yeah. yeah. He could have walked away from, from football to go play baseball, but he, uh, he didn't. And from what we know about Locker, he's not, he's not the type of guy that's going to throw anybody under the bus. He's not going to make excuses for himself. Even though I think if you look at his time with the Titans, I think there are plenty of excuses to be made for Jake Locker. And I know that's probably not something people thought they'd hear turning uh, football and other F words on this morning, but I think there's a case to be made that that Locker could have had a different path in the NFL. So it, it's it's fascinating to me. Who's going to play him in the in the biopic? You know what? I'm going to go with Scott Speedman. He's got the oh. athletic build. He's a better. I don't know. Maybe I've just been watching too much Animal Kingdom recently. But he's got the athletic build, kind of similar structure, and. You know, the story of Jake Locker, let's let's be real. That's not going to be on Netflix or HBO Max or anything like that. It's going to be like a on the CW or something like that. And Scott Speedman's kind of a CW level actor. So that's where that's where I land with that casting. I'm going with Dylan O'Brien or is it Dylan Bryan? Is it O'Brien or Brian? I don't know. This kid that everybody has fallen in love with has never made a good movie. And I don't understand it. Like, uh, I see it all the time whenever there's a Marvel casting choice or whatever. And um, it's Dylan O'Brien. Whenever there's, like, some Marvel casting choice, you know, oh, they should cast Dylan O'Brien. He's great. 
This dude is doing movies, but with now retired uh, actor Bruce Willis that has never seen the light of day. Like, I don't understand this Dylan O'Brien love just because he was in The Maze Runner and that was it. Like, his career has, I feel like, went, oh, he's he was on Teen Wolf and then he's going to be, you know, the next big thing in The Maze Runner and then he's not doing anything really that matters. I mean, come on, guys. It's going to be Kevin James, and you know it. <laughs> it's just they're going to fuck it up. No, I mean, it's going to be Rob Snyder. If it's going to be anybody, it's going to be another guy that doesn't look anything like him. So it's going to be 5-5 five, five Rob Schneider. Kevin James the- can coach him. Yeah, yeah, that is, and they'll definitely there'll be a fart joke, and there'll be there'll be kids throwing up because, of course, but <laughs> Kevin James is Mike Munchak, excellent <laughs> casting. Somehow, the somehow it's all going to end up being a prequel to uh, Paul Blart um, Mall Cop. I don't know how, but it's gonna it's gonna roll into that. I, I got to ask this because I, I was thinking about this. Would Mariota? Okay, Jake Locker had three seasons with the Titans, right? All losing records. I don't think he had more than four wins. If Mariota had produced the same result, would he have been just as revered as he is now? Would he have been as ignored as Locker is? Or would he just have fallen in relevancy? Because I think that the record and then bringing in Mariota to the fanfare that they did certainly helped the locker piece just completely disappear. What's the difference between Marcus and Jake locker? The only thing is the wins. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're both super nice guys, right? I mean, they're considered really, really nice guys. They both had um, injury issues. One, one ended up winning and one ended up losing. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because I was thinking to myself while reading that article, the only other person I know in the NFL that would do this is Marcus Mariota. He's the only <laughs> other NFL player I could think that truly would, would if, if he was done, would walk away from the game tomorrow and you'd probably never hear from him again. Yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised if he had retired after uh, he was cut here. When he was right. cut here, I thought for sure that he was just probably going to hang it up because it's just been too much on him. And I guess being a backup, you know, recharged him and everything. And when he's eventually going to be a backup behind Desmond Ritter, uh, he will probably just collect that paycheck. We are 49 minutes into this podcast, which is like four more minutes more than I said we were going to record beforehand because I cannot keep a promise every time I say that before a podcast. We're going to keep it between 30 and 45 minutes, and we never do. So it is time to talk about Formula One. Now, I can't wait to do this in front of Stoney because I know specifically before we got on, he doesn't know anything about F1, and I'm going to ask him very pointed questions about the racing and specific drivers because I want to hear just how much bullshit he can make up in a five-minute segment. It is Formula One in other words, ladies and gentlemen. Last week's race, the Monaco Grand Prix, I was very... I was very ready to have a very boring Monaco-style race um, and it actually ended up being a pretty damn good race. The rain added an element to it. Um, the man that I bet on Checo ended up uh, you know, finishing in first, which made my made my entire day. But I'm going to go to Zach first. Did Monaco uh, over? Did it live up to expectations, or what were your expectations going into it? It was wild. I mean, it, you had 
the whole thing with Leclerc just going off on his team because he's get, having to get pushed into, or they they did a messed up on the stop. You have Verstappen, you know, being a couple of paces behind Leclerc or uh, Checo. Checo winning was awesome. Uh, the delays, the rain delays, the uh, Martin Brundle just going through the crowd like a madman. That if, for anything, Stony, you should personally, you should watch this pregame um, guy that goes through. He's an analyst and he goes through the crowd. Just it's wild because the before the race, the, the drivers are just out talking to celebrities or whatever. And he goes up and just talks to people. He confused some guy for Patrick Mahomes when they were in Miami. And it yeah. And, but this guy, this this last week, he went up and was talking to uh someone from Bridgerton was there, some celebrity uh woman. And he um she wouldn't turn around to face him and she's trying to get him. And this guy goes, uh, she doesn't really want to talk to you. He goes, Well, we're kind of already halfway there. I'm already talking to her. She just needs to talk back. <laughs> like right there in front of her, he gives no shit who this woman is, but he she knows that he knows that she's celebrity and he's pissed that she won't turn around and give him like five seconds. And then he's talking to some uh F1 legend and he cuts him off mid-sentence to talk to a, a racer that is uh, Pierre Gasly that was right next to him. I think it was Gasly, it may have been Russell, but just cuts off this guy and then comes back to him and just starts talking to him. Like this sounds guy like is an episode wild. of Ted Lasso. Yeah, this guy is absolutely just insane and wild. And the whole thing I thought was just it's every week it's something happens that just that just makes me love F1 more and more. This is the season to get into it because yes. it's the cars have been retooled, they're staying closer together, it's very unpredictable. So you really don't know what you're gonna get. From race to race, I spent a solid five minutes talking about last episode that Monaco is one of the races that every sports fan who doesn't listen to or watch F1 can usually name that race and is traditionally one of the most boring races. And this race was wild as shit. That's that's what I love seeing about it. So, Stoney, here is time for your 60 seconds of bullshit about a sport I know you don't know much about. What is wrong with Lance Stroll this season? Well, Lance Stroll is just not winning enough. You know, that's what they say. Winning fixes everything. I know, you know, some circumstances like you have Mickey Rourke coming out onto the track with electric tentacles, snapping Tony Stark's car in half. It's hard to win, but I think you've got to find a way, right? The champions find a way. So I think that's, you gotta, you gotta get around that. You just maybe just drive around the wreckage and get to the finish line. And maybe, um, that guy, you said his name, um, maybe we'll win some more. You know what? That's so fitting because his father who owns the Aston Martin racing team probably says the same thing. What's that other one? The one I'm forgetting about. Oh, the kid that I'm paying $30 million to race inside F1. He is absolute garbage. So if you've ever watched, um, and now I just went completely blank. I've ever watched the it crowd. There's a rolling bit in it about how men who don't know how to talk about sports, especially in London, they can just say, um, you know, good old Manchester United, just trying to walk it in every time. And most of the time people just look at you and go, yeah, absolutely. Cause you could just say it. It's a blank statement. Stoney, if you just tweet out on Sundays, Lance Stroll, am I right? You'll get it retweeted like 30 times. I promise <laughs> you. Cause the guy is an idiot. He's just daddy's boy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And I really appreciate your efforts there. I'm going to, I'm going to try that now. Just to see I'm telling you, you do to- it. 
schedule the tweet the, right now. <laughs> yeah, hit me in the DMs. Let me know how to spell this guy's name, and then I'll uh, I'll schedule it. Love so it. the next race is Azerbaijan. It is the Baku Grand Prix. Uh, this race has only been raced four times before. It'll be the fifth iteration. There's not really a lot of history to read into about who might have the upper edge here. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, but I know the previous winners are basically Danny Ricardo, um, Lewis Hamilton, and a couple others. Really, again, not a lot of history there. Mercedes still struggling with this car. Uh, this is another street race. It's a little bit wider. Well, not a little bit. It's a hell of a lot wider than Monaco. Nothing's as narrow as Monaco. Um, but in two weeks, we're going to be racing in Baku. Um, and I'm really interested to see how this goes. This will be the race, Zach, that if Mercedes is actually back, that we'll figure it out. Monaco's I feel like Mercedes track, is back is like Texas is back right now. <laughs> I got to see it to believe it. It is very much just Texas back. This is... This is turning into Tennessee's 98 national championship at this point. Like it's a lot of preseason hype. It's falling apart as we get uh, closer to the fall. Um, that's going to do it for F1. That's going to do it for the podcast. Stoney, I'm going to leave it up to you here for this last little bit. Pimp out what you're doing. Talk about your programs and your podcast. The mic is all yours. Sobrosnetwork.com. You can catch all of my work. I, I cover the Tennessee Titans. I review Nashville area restaurants. Sometimes I review a movie every once in a while too. I, I write about, you know, stadium brawls and fat guys getting their pants pulled down and shit like that too. We do, uh, we have a whole network of podcasts from the Vix Flicks podcast, talking movies, phone it in, talking history and society and weird cryptids and shit like that. We do drinking with we celebrate movies that are turning 21 years old. We make a cocktail themed to the movie and talk about it for an hour or so. And then, of course, there's the uh, the Sobros Power Hour, which both of you guys have been generous enough with your time to be guests on, where we talk everything going on in Nashville in the week and the unofficial Titans podcast covering the Tennessee Titans. And I think that's that's about it. That's all. That's all I'll pimp out at Stony Keeley on Twitter at Sobros Network on all major social media platforms. I want to thank you both for having me on. I'm very grateful for this. I've been telling people for a long time that you guys are the gold standard when it comes to Titans podcast. I have no qualms with saying that out loud. I don't believe in competition on the internet. You guys do great work. You should be, uh, you should be celebrated for it. So I appreciate your time and uh, thank you. Thank you. Man, absolutely. At 57 minutes and 42 seconds, I have kept my damn promise about keeping this podcast under an hour. Stoney, thank you for coming on. We are long overdue to do some sort of Marvel straight up nerd out on sci-fi topics. For the love of God, we got to put that together with the three of us. This is football and other F words. We really appreciate you tuning in. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your neighbors, friends, and relatives that you listen to us. And just like I said last week, if you've got negative comments to leave, leave them i want to read them because give us we five like stars it. then leave the negative yes comment. five stars this elevator smells like a fart it's football and other efforts you've just been after A Broadway Sports Media Production.